we read a, a scripture before we just commit our time. It's from Hebrews chapter 1 and the verses 1 to 5. Hebrews 1. Now I'll start reading that. God having spoken in many parts and in many ways, formerly to the fathers in the prophets, at the end of these days, has spoken to us in the person of the Son, whom he has established heir of all things, by whom also he made the world, who, being the effulgence of his glory and expression of his substance, upholding all things by the word of his power, having made by himself the purification of sins, set himself down on the right hand of the greatness on high, taking a place by so much better than the angels, as he inherits a name more excellent than they. For to which of the angels said he ever, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And again, I will be to him for father, and he shall be to me for son. Xiaoyuan 他所承受的名机比天使的名更尊贵就远超过天使所有的天使神从来对哪一个说你是我的儿子我今日生子你又指着哪一个说我要做他的父他要做我的子我们把这样的时间交给主好 Truly, Lord, that we may know what you what you mean as being the son and how we can be sons. So Lord, we do depend on your Holy Spirit to reveal and to speak. Lord, we confess it's only by your anointing, by your power, Lord, that we can hear. So, Lord, we just pray that you be with us this time. Pray this in Christ's name. Amen. So, uh, the theme for this uh, year has been uh, on sonship. And then uh, we did read this passage which is talking about how in the past everything has been prophesied leading to the person of the Son. But and also it, it talks about this uh, uh, who this person is, thou art my son, to have begotten thee. That's actually uh, from Psalm 2. It's a messianic psalm. And then actually, this has to do with the Son of Man. Because uh, it is our Lord Jesus Himself who became took the flesh and was born of, of, of man, of Mary, so that uh, he would become the son of man. So the, uh, this is, is something which God is trying to really work out. So today, uh, my burden is to just really give an overview from the, the scriptures from Old Testament a little bit, but mainly on the New Testament about the Son of Man. So, 
And hopefully the Lord will really speak to us in our life. So we know that from Genesis to Revelation, actually the Son of Man has been mentioned either directly in the in in, uh, in the, uh, or through uh, uh, stories. So we know that the very creation of man in the image of God, which is actually in his son's image, because in Hebrews 1 3, we know that he is the uh, image of God. And we have the story of the Passover of the first sons when the children of Israel were leaving uh, uh, Egypt, that the first sons were spared. And also the foreshadowing from the story of Abraham and Isaac, also again, uh, sparing his son. So God did not spare his son, but Abraham did. It's also a foreshadow of, of sonship. In fact, God has acted the children of Israel offer up their first sons so that they could serve him. So all the priestly who serve the priestly service, the temple, everything, they're all continuation of the same actually theme. And then the very uh, prophecy of Daniel for the very end days, actually the summation ends up being with the Son of Man. So then sonship has been uh, in the Old Testament. But uh, we know that these days, uh, even uh, this very matter of uh, sonship is uh, going through kind of uh, indirect uh, attack. So you From the very beginning, Satan actually was jealous of the son. He wanted to take the son's place. So and we know that when uh, Jesus was led in the wilderness, he wanted Jesus to give up his place as a son of man so that uh, he could take that place. And we know that uh, the very Antichrist uh, to come is to take the place just an anecdote these days the very mention of a son of man is really being put down by people as, as being uh, uh, trying to, to discriminate we know that recently in, in, in Canada, the Prime Minister did not use the word mankind, he tried to use the word people kind. So, uh, even in our midst, we have some people who have come from Eastern Lightning and trying to take people away from Christ who is the only begotten Son, the only Savior and Lord. So they're all trying to take away the place of the Son who our Lord Jesus is. So uh, just in New Testament, I'd just like to give some account uh, so you have uh, an idea how important it is this matter of the Son of Man. 
So we have of course the Son of Man, Son of God. We know that Jesus is the Son of God who became the Son of Man. And whosoever believes in him and confesses his sin will be saved. So in any case, so in the New Testament, Son of Man is mentioned 88 times. Son of God 64 times. But actually, Son of Man is used almost entirely in Gospels 83 times. The Gospel also mentions Son of God, but 37 times. So more than two to one ratio, Son of Man versus Son of God in the Gospel. And uh, in, the, in the epistles from the apostles, we see that it's almost exclusively the other way is the Son of God that's mentioned 26 times versus. And the Son of Man only used three times. So, so uh, there is a, a message here, I think. Is that the Son, Jesus is presented as, as the Son of Man in the Gospels. So we may know who the Son of Man, how the Son of Man is. As, a, as an example, his life. After his death, after his resurrection, ascension, he is at the right hand of God, the Son of God and the Son of Man. No longer veiled as the Son of Man only here on earth, because that's how he presented himself on earth. So now he is in power, Son of God, Son of Man, at the right hand of Father. That perfect one is the perfect harmony that God has desired. That is indeed the message of the cross. And that's why really sonship really is, is about. So if you have an overview of the New Testament about the Son, uh, the son of Man, again, I want to mention that I'm using the word son, but actually for us who are believers, even sisters, no, it is sonship because it means maturity. It means that full measure of what God intended for us to be, uh, those were created. So then, uh, well, we know that even our Lord Jesus had to grow. He did not, well, He was not born fully mature. He grew up, and even when he was 12 years old, before he became adult, we see him in Luke. It's mentioned how he obeyed the parents, and he learned. So sonship is very much something which in, involves growth. If, so that we may grow up to maturity. So in the gospel, these are all facets of what a son of man, how a son of man is. As an example to us. So we know that in Matthew, the son of man is presented as a king as the one who is able to overcome you know, all the things here on earth as those who live in the kingdom of heaven. And also in Mark, 
the Son of Man is presented as, as a servant, faithfully, diligently serving the Father. So in Luke, where he mentioned about the childhood, uh, is the only place that's mentioned because the emphasis that we know that he is a man that is so full of compassion, just like us. He's healing the sick, healing the blind, even uh, 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 delivering us from the demon. But anyway, he is a perfect man. And then in John, he's presented as the one who is the Son of God, and then God so loved the world that whoever believes in him will have the life of the Son. And in fact, the high priestly prayer in John 17 is a prayer so that we may become sons and have the relationship with the Father like He did. So we can summarize the Gospels in a nutshell that God sent His only Son to become man so that we can become the sons that He is. It's not just for our salvation. And we'll see that more clearly in the epistles. Because in the epistles, it tells us how we can grow and we can become sons. And in Romans, it says very clearly that uh, you know, we are to be those who are the first fruits conformed to the image of the Son. And how is because our flesh is being put to death. Our natural self, our flesh, is being put to death, and then we have now the light of the sun. And if we go on, we can see that we are uh, called into the fellowship of the Son in Corinthians. In Galatians, says that we be transformed to the to the Son's likeness by the Holy Spirit in us. So in Ephesians, we are predestined for sonship by growing up together in the body of Christ. As we grow as members in the body. And in Colossians it says that we're filled with Christ's fullness. So that we can enter into the kingdom of the Son. And if you says that we are to have the mind of the Son. So we may press on into full growth. That word we can go later on, uh, complete. Perfect full growth has to do with sonship. And in Thessalonians, we are exhorted to walk and live for the son's return. And in Timothy, Paul speaks to Timothy as his spiritual son. And then in Peter, we're also exhorted to have the faith to withstand all the trials so that we can be mature and perfect. That means friendship. 
And in John's letters at uh, at the end, he talks about we are having fellowship, or the word is koinonia, sharing the same nature with the Father and the Son. So we just, in, in some, we can find every element of the sonship in all the various places. It's, it's throughout. But it's in the book of Hebrews where Son of Man and Son of God is really presented in, in such a fullness. And you see that the Son of Man is on the throne. And, and not only as the Son of Man, as a great high priest, so that we may become the sons for God's glory. So I, I like to, if you uh, give me some more, a few minutes also, I'd like to go over the book of Revelation. Because when I was studying, meditating on Revelation, after this matter of sonship uh, has been uh, in my heart, it really opened up so much about what Revelation, the book, is about. It's really eye-opening that some of the crucial events that happen at the end time directly are all directly related to sonship. So we, uh, I'll just make references. You know, we're not, we're not going to read. So we just uh, make, a, make a mental note if you like. We just have a progression. So we know that Revelation chapter one, verse nine, twelve, and thirteen starts with John in exile in Patmos. And he says this for the testimony of Jesus. And we also just right after that we also the vision is that he sees the Son of Man. And he says that he he also hears a voice speaking to him. And then it's also the testimony of Jesus. Is mentioned by 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 John. So the testimony of Jesus, the Son of Man, of course, very closely related. But we do not know yet exactly what does it mean by testimony of Jesus. But in chapters 2 and 3, there are the seven letters to the seven churches. And we know that there's introduction about uh, this someone for each of the letters. And that introduction of the description that's mentioned to each church. But they all go back to Revelation chapter 1, 12 through 16. 12 through 16, which, which is the description of the Son of Man. So what is that, what does that say? That to every church, the focus is that you need to see the Son of Man. And also at the end of each letter, it tells whoever he that has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says. 
And we know this exactly what uh, John went through. He had a vision of the Son of Man, then he heard a voice, then he realized that this is the Son of Man. So the question to me, to all of us is, are we attentive to hear the Son of Man speaking? Do we see the Son of Man? Is that the focus of our lives? So the Son of Man is something which is really the, the focus of our attention. So I, I just like to now say that this is something which can be and should be very personal. And I'd like to just read from Galatians 4. And in verses 4 to 6. When the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son, come of woman, come under law, that he might redeem those under law, that we might receive sonship. Because you are sons, God sent out the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Yabalu you see some uh, some uh, parallels with uh, Hebrews chapter one, one to five. Because it says at the end days God has spoken to us in the presence of the Son in Hebrews. But in Galatians four is more personal, but they still say the fullness of time has come, God sent his son so that no he may have sonship. So so it's more than salvation. It's the spirit of his son working in us so that we may receive sonship. So if we go on to chapter 5 in Galatians, it talks about the fruits of the Spirit. So in Galatians 5, verse 5, so the first fruits, remember the first fruits? They talk about the fruits actually produced. And these are the character attributes of our Lord Jesus that we are being changed to. So again, these are all consistent. So this this is the introduction then of yeah, uh, Revelation. So we may if you go on to some other visions, some of the main events that's going to happen. So in uh, Revelation uh, chapter eleven verse fifteen it mentions about the seven trumpets sounded. So when John had that vision, he also hears the announcement, the kingdom of this Christ is come. He shall reign to the ages of ages. We know that uh, after that there will be the great tribulations. But in Chapter 12, verse 5, it mentions about the sign of the uh, male son that's born and captured, uh, raptured uh, to the heaven. So in some translations, it talks about a male child. 
but actually it's a wrong translation in Darby it doesn't say and in the original Greek it's not a child it's an offspring and then the, the male here is an adult adult man Huyos is the original Greek so every time you see that word son of man the man there is adult man adult mature so this this is the emphasis being mature being adult so when you see that vision of the adult I mean I mean unnaturally that won't happen but when an adult male is born that's when the offspring is taken up so that speaks actually volumes because that's what the overcomer is about we can go more into that later and in also chapter 14 verses 1 to 5 John sees the vision of those who are with the Lord 144,000 now, Brother Khan has mentioned that 144,000,144,144,144,144,144,144,144,144,144,144,144,144,144,144,144,144,144,144,144,144,144,144,144,144,144,144,144,144,144,144,144,144,144,144,144,144,144,144,144,144,144,144,144,144,144,144,144,144,
It talks about the wife as made, making herself ready. And what else does he say? They have the testimony of Jesus. And this is the spirit of prophecy. Testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So everything has to do now with the, 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 the fact that the bride has made herself ready and they have the testimony. We're going to a little bit later and still more of what that testimony means. The clue here is in verse 15 is that she, uh, our Lord Jesus has the iron rod to shepherd the nations. Now, this exact phrase is mentioned three times in Revelation. First time is mentioned in Revelation 2.27. And it's a promise to the overcomers inside Tyre. The exact same phrase, the whole thing, about the iron that would shepherd the nations is talked about here, given to the overcomers. And then we mentioned about Revelation 12.5, those who are going to be raptured, the men, uh, the, the men offspring. They will be giving the iron rod to shepherd the nation. And then finally here, in chapter 19, verse 15, it says that the lamb has the iron rod to shepherd the nations. And However, it's after the marriage. So there's only one iron rod to shepherd the nations. First, actually, is prophesied in uh, Messianic Psalm. Psalm, chapter, uh, Psalm 2 also mentions that. But that's just a prophecy describing the Son of Man. But in Revelation, we start seeing that there is a sequence, there is a progression. And with you see that it talks about actually relating to sonship. First, it's promised to the overcomers. Those who are raptured. They are given the iron rod. And those who are raptured, they open the way for the victory that uh, uh, there will be the uh, Satan's be cast down. And then we finally see the consummation at the marriage of the Lamb. This iron rod is in the hand of the Lamb himself. So we see then that and now there is, if you follow sonship in Revelation, then all the different pieces will stack up together and there's a progression, a timeline. So you so then in Revelation chapter 21, verse 7, it says, He that overcomes shall inherit these things. I will be to him God, and he shall be to me son. So we see very directly the overcomers are those who have sonship. So, by, so now the question is, what is the testimony of Jesus? It is our sonship. 
our being conformed to the image of the Son. Who has the testimony of Jesus? Those who have been conformed to the Son. And that is the spirit of prophecy. So everything hinges on our being sons. So summarizing then why sonship is important. It is God's purpose. God loves his son so much that he wants to provide his son a counterpart. Even before the, uh, the, the, the fall of Adam, he has always intended his son to have that place. And he created Adam man in the, the image of his son. But even with Satan trying to take that away, God sent his only begotten son to become the son of man. And he grew up from a child through adulthood, went to the cross as a perfect son of man. And then now he's the son of man on the throne. But he is not complete on his own. He is only complete when he has us together with him. So when we read Hebrews chapter 2 verses 5 to 10, I like to just read the, the last verse. It says, For we came him, for whom all are all things, by whom are all things, in bringing many sons to glory, to make perfect leader of their salvation through sufferings. So there's a word here to make perfect leader of their salvation. So that word original Greek for perfect is the word teleo, uh, uh, which means uh, per- complete, uh, perfect. So this, so the word mature, full growth, perfect, complete is in different versions you may have different translations. It's the same Greek word. And in fact when uh, we use the having that uh, verse uh, from uh, Philippians 3.14 that, that also has that uh, word in it. So in other words, every time that the word perfect or complete is mentioned, Every time is related to sonship. It's used 24 times in New Testament. Nine times in Hebrews. And nine times used by the Apostle John. Including in his high priestly prayer in John chapter 17. You know, we have been studying the book of uh, Hebrews in our home, uh, 
Friday home fellowship. So we in we Things start to really open up as we study together. So, when we start to really open up as we study together, we have sonship. So, it talks about leaving the word of beginning, let us go on to what belongs to full growth. 这边就提到说，呃，我们要呃，six in chapter five talk about our Lord Jesus Himself. That he was the son who learned obedience through the things he suffered. So this is directly related to him being the son of man. Therefore, we need to seek the full growth. This is Teleo. And then in very interesting is in chapter four. It talks about that we should use diligence, verse 11, to enter into the rest. What is this rest that we have to work diligently for? Same thing as in chapter 6, verse 1. Diligently to full growth. Therefore, it is diligently to sonship. So, to me, this has really been, to me, eye opening and very, very helpful. Because everything that God is seeking after has to do with our becoming sons. And if we remain carnal babies after our salvation, we are out of the purpose of God. So, and that is truly something we miss greatly here. But not only here, but also. During 1,000 years, during the reign of millennium, those who are not mature will be out of it as well. So we can see here, the picture here is that the overcomers equal the mature sons. Equals to those who have the testimony of Jesus. Because in Revelation we saw that. So it's very clear that sonship is something which counts and needs to be our experience today. And encouragement, the exhortation that we have in Hebrews is that use diligence. So that we can enter into sonship to be full grow as as his son. And I can testify that in the past months that this has been brewing in me. I have been amazed that when I do turn my heart to the Lord, and then when I go through situations. And I just rest and say, Lord, stop. I don't want to go through the struggle. I just want to be the son you want me to be. Teach me how, what to do as your son. I am amazed how. Calm and peace comes to me. 
And I'm also amazed how the things get solved. So I, I just know that there is something that's a key here. I hope that uh, in the weeks to come, other brothers will be able to share and there will be more testimonies how we enter into the experience of sonship. It is. It cannot be more practical. Sonship cannot be faked. We may understand all of these things. We may be convicted of these things. But unless we are living it, we experience it. We need to let go of our own self-will. So that his will be done and what he what pleases him happens. And I believe that's why so many different couples, families, relationships are going through difficulties. I think the natural thing is that we all want to um, exert ourselves, we want to justify ourselves. We are right, we are better. The problem is somebody else, it's whatever else. It could be that the, the, other, the problem is somebody else. But how do I resolve that? By just saying that problem is somebody else? No. The Lord needs to speak to us. Am I willing? Do I want to be the son? And if you want to be the son, then you have the mind of Christ. And that's in Philippians chapter 2. So all of these things are not theories. We are being, being put to test going through all the situations, but sadly, I and many of us miss out. There's something far greater that is in God's purpose, in God's will for us. And it's in this manner of being sons. And it's not just something individual. It's something together, corporate. So in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 13 to 16, until we all arrive at the unity of faith, at the knowledge of the Son of God, at the full-grown man, at the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, in order that we may be no longer babes, tossed and carried about by every wind of that teaching, which is in the slave of man, in the principal cunning, so forth. Then it says, verse 13, Holding truth in love, we may grow up to him in all things. 直等到我们众人在真道上同归于一认识神的儿子得以长大成人满有基督长成的身量第十五节我用爱心说成实话凡是长进言语元首基督So we went through many passages 我们读了许多圣经节 But actually everything is very very simple 所以其实 it all boils down to one point, one takeaway point. That we use diligence to be the Son of God. I hope that we're not asking that again. Somebody else is going to change or the problem is going to be solved. But that the Lord really be gracious that I will have the diligence, use diligence to be the son that he's after. So that he may indeed receive the glory. So he indeed be complete. Without our being changed to sonship, he is incomplete. 
Did you know that every time the son uh, 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 is mentioned on the throne in Hebrews? Every time that son is the son of man. Every single time it's the son of man that's on the throne. That's why he's the great high priest. He is there on the throne because of you and me. He is the son of God. He has no need to prove himself. But God so loved us. He not only wants to save us from hell, from death. Give us eternal life, but that we may one day be a son like his son. But most importantly, today, my life does it reflect the life of the son? It cannot be more practical than this. What I say, what I think, what I do. So that his son may indeed be the one reflected in our lives. So I thought maybe we can uh, uh, sing a chorus as our prayer. Chorus 126. And then, uh, if a few would like to pray
your spirit is with us, that you have shared this higher um, calling to our brother, that in this spirit that we can share and know of the mystery of Christ, and in light that we can know of the, the miracle in the New Testament, we can, know, we can know how to be children of God. Thank you for this glorious hope that is from you. Thank you, Lord, that you are indeed the Son of Man and the Son of God, that in you there is fullness. Lord, may we truly experience the life of Christ in us, that we can together experience your suffering on the cross, and in your word, that we can um, truly become your children, that we can be the testimony of your resurrection life and that life of Christ. May you help us to grow up and be mature. May we be those who are pleasing to you. May we be the good children of God that on earth and in heaven will we want to praise you and worship you. We pray this in your precious name. Amen.